All right, what's up, Nuggets fans? Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited for this podcast. Sorry, I've got some stuff playing in the background on my end. No, we're rolling. We're rolling. All right. Hope everybody's doing really well. I'm very excited for this one. I didn't realize that I pulled up the window for this just to prepare. Uh, and yeah, as it turns out, it plays in your AirPods the entire time when, when you're doing that. That's always great. Uh, how is everybody doing? How is everybody doing? I am very excited for this show. Uh, new setup. Obviously, you guys are wondering what the hell's going on, Ryan. Why are you here? Uh, well, I am in Minnesota. I'm in Minneapolis hanging out. And obviously, it's a weird camera angle trying to do my best here. But uh, having a good old time here in Minnesota. Uh, got to take in the game last night, game three, as the Nuggets take a game three win and a commanding 3 0 series lead in, in this particular game. Uh, this was fun. This was just fun stuff. And if you're a Nuggets fan, if you are somebody that's been waiting for this for a long time, congratulations. Like This is what it's supposed to be like for a dominant team. This is what it's supposed to be like for a group that you are hoping uh, does it for the first time. Does it just can, can actually get this thing done. And it's just really, really enjoyable to see this group. Basically, what, what they've said for the entire season is, hey, just wait for us. Wait for us. We know what we have to do. Uh, even if the regular season is a doll, it's cracked up to be. Even if there's moments of ups and downs. Even if don't really try in March and April. You still manage to get it done in the playoffs. And Now, look, the, the series isn't over. Denver still has to win game four. But they've taken a commanding 3-0 series lead here after delivering a fantastic game three win. And this is what happened to the Nuggets last year. I mentioned this on the last show, or maybe it was the AMA, uh, that last year when Denver needed to, when they needed a win in that game three against the Golden State Warriors, the Warriors just shut the door on them with a hard-fought game three victory. And this was kind of similar. I think that Denver was in a little bit more control throughout on this one, but it definitely felt like the Nuggets were uh, in control here. They knew exactly what they had to do. And the T-Wolves, by the end of it, were just like, and their fans were just distraught, just very, very annoyed at how badly this thing has gone. And that's what good teams do to bad teams. That's what good teams do to average teams. That's what great teams do to average teams. And we're still trying to figure out which version of that the Nuggets are. But I'm really excited about this prospect. The Nuggets, they take this 3-0 series lead. Game four is tomorrow, Sunday, and I'm excited to see whether Denver can actually polish that off. But we got to talk about the performances. We got to talk about the game itself. And where better to start with this one than talking about Michael Porter Jr.? Like, I think he's the player of the game. I know that Nikola Jokic had a 20-point triple-double with zero free throws, and that's impressive in and of itself. But Michael Porter Jr., the level that he's reaching right now, you see it in the arena. You see it, in, and I'm sure you see it on the screen too, but you see it where he's doing things now that he hadn't been doing all season, just from a physical perspective, 
from an athleticism perspective, and from a, a confident shot maker perspective. The dude is in his bag, and when he is leading like this, not just following the lead of Jokic and Murray, but when he is leading like this, it gives Denver so much leeway. It gives them so much flexibility with their lineups, with their different looks. They can put Porter out there with the bench unit and expect him to be good. They can put uh, Murray and Jokic out there with the starting unit, have them overlap with those uh, first and third quarters, and then Porter comes out there and and, and he does his own thing. But uh, during this game last night, Denver's best moments were when they were having Jokic and MPJ run the two-man game. And whether they were off of DHOs, whether Porter was just cutting, whether uh, they were trying to set up a Porter 3 with some actions on the weak side or the strong side, didn't matter. Like What Porter continues to do is very, very impressive. And it's really nice to see him just excel at this point. And Nuggets fans have been waiting for this for a long time, man. Like They've been very, very excited for this version of Michael Porter Jr. He is the key. He is the the guy that really swings it one way or the other. And last night he swung into Denver's favor with 25 points, had nine rebounds, 10 of 17 from the field, four of eight from three, just doing crazy stuff. And it wasn't just like the shooting. It was the attacking in the half court against Rudy Gobert and against Carl Anthony Towns and in those situations where, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how big you are. Michael Porter can finish over anybody. And that's a really exciting prospect for the rest of the series because if he can get to that comfortable place against the T-Wolves and they have one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, what's it going to look like for the rest of the playoffs? What's it going to look like when he has a massive size advantage in the paint. And he does have that against a lot of people. So it's really cool to see him grow like this. It's really cool to see him just continue to progress. And I'm very pleased with what he's been able to show. And I'm pleased with the like the system that the Nuggets have allows him, when he gets into these zones, to be the player of the game. Like, it doesn't have to be Jokic. It doesn't have to be Murray. And, and I think... Porter kind of needed to step up in this moment because Murray wasn't great. And it's just very exciting to see him grow into the version of this that the Nuggets wanted him to be. Let's go to Nikola Jokic, who, I mean, hard to hard to argue with Nikola Jokic's stat line, right? 20 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists, did have four turnovers, but he hit a couple threes. This is really the first time in the series that that was a threat. And I remember being in my media seat. I had a perfect angle for the first three. It was kind of shot in my general direction. He just airballs the hell out of it. Just like he had been dominating on the inside. Rudy Gobert's like, I I can't do this anymore. You have to shoot that three. And Jokic did. Airballed it. I I tweeted at that point. I'm like, okay, so Jokic has been really good in this series on the interior, really good in this game on the interior. But what if he has to shoot the three? And then he makes the other two that he that he makes, including one in the first quarter with the fans chanting airball every time he touches it, like a high school crowd. It was crazy. It was really interesting. And that crowd was great. Like I, I do want to commend T-Wolves fans 
for their ability to step up in this situation. They had more investment in that game than the actual T-Wolves did. And that's, that is, uh, it's not really saying much, but I, I do want to commend them for sure. Uh, but Jokic, like, every single time the Nuggets needed him to do something, he did it. Like, he pushed every correct button. He only scored 20 points, but there's no doubt in my mind that he could have scored more. He only took 13 shots and took zero free throws. So every single possession that he had was a good one. And it was just very clear that whatever Rudy Gobert was going to bring to the table, Jokic would have an answer. Whatever Carl Anthony Towns or Kyle Anderson was going to bring to the table, Jokic had an answer. And ultimately, Rudy Gobert fouled out at the end of the game trying to defend Jokic. He was being very physical. He was trying to deny him the ball on the perimeter. That's just not what Gobert's good at. And, and I think Jokic maybe accentuated a couple of pushes here or there, but there were fouls. There's, there's no doubt about that. And just Jokic's ultimate ability to use that level of scoring and use it to create passing windows for others and, and scoring opportunities for other guys is just, it's unparalleled in the NBA right now in terms of his ability to do it at his size. The dude is unbelievable. And and he needed this game. I think Nuggets fans needed this game to be reminded, oh yeah, that's what it looks like when the MVP takes over. And and he did it on several occasions. So uh, more power to him, more power to the Nuggets for getting that. Uh, Jokic obviously hasn't needed to get into the post, but he did it anyway in, in this particular game. And Sometimes he was doing it from the elbows in a face-up situation, but uh, a lot of times it was traditionally in the post, and they just weren't going to double. And there were a couple times where they doubled, and Aaron Gordon really benefited on on the baseline with a, with a couple dunks here or there. So it, it's it's a great sign that Jokic is scoring over a four-time Defensive Player of the Year in Rudy Gobert, and I think that's a, a very exciting point for uh, what's what's to come. Uh, Joe says, I have a question. Why don't the Nuggets get a fair whistle? At least Jokic made history, the first triple-double in playoff history without a foul shot. I do want to dispel that really quickly here. Uh, there, was, there was a debate in the media room, uh, which is really funny. Uh, Malone said that last night. He said, I think, I think it's the first in playoff history that that has actually happened. It's not. Like, it's happened six other times, which is pretty hilarious, including once by Andrew Bynum, of all people. Uh, but it has happened and uh, to have a triple-double without a free-throw attempt. And it, 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 But you're right. Like There were definitely moments where Denver did not get a good whistle last night. And honestly, in the moment, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought that the disparity was kind of racking up in, in Minnesota's favor for sure. And then I looked at the actual box score. I was like, oh, my God, the margin was 33 to 7 free throw attempts at one point. <laughs> like, that was actually happening. So, look, it's never going to be perfect. I, I think that Nuggets fans know that. And, and you just got to know that in, in, a, in a road environment where Denver doesn't really attack the rim that often, uh, they, they settle for the mid-rangers. They settle for the three-pointers at times. And, like, they, they take good shots. And, and I think Denver's offense – it's more about generating a good clean look rather than a good contested look. And and that's where their lack of athleticism at times really shows through. Like Murray doesn't draw a lot of free throws at the rim. Uh, Gordon does because he's a, he's a great athlete, can power through that. And sometimes like people will try to 
dish out contact in order to stop him. But Jokic is more of a finesse shooter at the rim. He's trying to shoot to score. Some other big men that we can talk about that we don't we don't actually have to name their names. Uh, they throw up shots at the rim with the intention of getting fouled. So Jokic just doesn't do that. Like he he tries to shoot to score. Imagine that. That's a crazy concept. But sometimes what that leads to is when he avoids contact with the basketball, it leads to not getting free throws. So I don't want to say that he gets a bad whistle. I just think that the way that he plays, there are going to be games like this. So don't take it too strongly. I think that when they need it, they will get the calls. Not a big deal, especially when they're at home. And the great thing is that they're a one seed. They'll be at home a lot. Let's now go to Jamal Murray, who wasn't great, I thought. I, I thought he got off to a pretty slow start in this one, I, especially towards that end of the first quarter when he came back in with the second unit. Did not like the way that he handled that moment. Uh, just dribbling a lot. And, and there were a lot of opportunities where he's out there with Jokic, with Porter. Porter and Jokic actually played the entire first 12 minutes. And then Murray came back in there. And then run the ran the bench with the second unit. Nikhil Alexander Walker was out there and, and he was hounding Murray a lot of the time. And I think Jamal wanted to try to replicate, maybe not from a scoring perspective, but just from an impact perspective, the game that he had on uh Wednesday. And and so it's not really a surprise that he tried to do that. I I, I don't blame him for trying to do that at all. Uh, but like that just wasn't what this game called for. Uh, Porter clearly had it going. The T-Wolves changed their starting lineup once again to have Nikhil Alexander-Walker out there. They thought, hey, Jamal Murray scored 40 points. Let's try to not have that happen this time around. And Jamal, I thought, probably pushed the pushed it a little bit too much, over-dribbled a little bit too much. But he ultimately settled back in and had 18 points on 16 shot attempts, three of four from the line. He did shoot one of six from three. This is just one of those games where, hey, if you're if you're shooting one of six, Better to get it out of the way in a win. Uh, don't really blame him or anything. But he did have nine assists and three turnovers. And I thought that his defense was really good. Like, I thought he was he was taking the Anthony Edwards assignment a lot. And I thought that he was better on Anthony Edwards than KCP was, than Christian Brown was, than AG was, than Bruce Brown was. I thought that Jamal was actually the best option on him out there. And he got the DPOG chain postgame for it. Uh, was actually a back-to-back winner of the DPOG chain. Um, so, I mean, take that for what it's worth. It's, it's A lot of that is just motivational tactics as opposed to just straight up, hey, you're the best defensive player on the team, which obviously Jamal's not. But he blocked Carl Anthony Towns on the perimeter on a three. Uh, he had some great deflections. He was having some great contests. There were some good defensive plays. And Jamal, despite the fact that the offense wasn't perfect, like he, I thought he made a pretty good impact on the defensive end too. So, this is what it means to be an all-around player. This is what it means for him specifically, saying, like, hey, you don't have to be a 40-point scorer. You don't have to be a 30-point scorer in order to have an impact on the game. And he's really finding ways to make that happen. He's nine assists, good defense, did have 18 points on 16 shots, but, like, it wasn't crazy. And that's what you like to see from your stars, because you want to see them have a holistic impact on the game, not just as a score, not just as any one category. Just do it all. And I, th- I thought he did. All right. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, the rest of the starters as as well as the bench unit 
and, and just everything that goes into that. But first, everybody, baseball is back, and the push for postseason is on for both hockey and hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Don't you hate it when you, like, cough, like, right at the end and it starts to make you cry? That's that's always great. Uh, I'm uh, getting a little bit sick, if you can tell. It's just, so, it's just everything going so great on, on the road so far, but I, I, I don't like to complain. Like, this, this is amazing, and I'm so glad that I'm out here covering everything for you guys and, and everything for the MHS side of things. I uh, really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As, as you guys know, if you can, uh, give this a like on, on the YouTube side of things for all the people that are in chat. I, I really do appreciate everybody for tuning in. And if you listen on the podcast side, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. On that side of things, really appreciate the love. All right. Let's get into it. Let's discuss now um, Aaron Gordon. I'm going to have an article up on Aaron Gordon either later today or tomorrow or, or one of these good days. Another unsung hero for the Nuggets. I, I think that obviously Jokic, he, he gets the majority of the credit as he should. Like I, I don't ever want to dispel that. Jokic is fantastic. He is amazing. And Nuggets fans, like they want him to get as much credit as possible, but... In order to win a title, you need everybody. And in order to win a title, you need your, your role players to be the best that they can possibly be. And I think Aaron Gordon fills that role to a T. Just, he doesn't have to be the scorer to be the impact guy. He doesn't have to be uh, the creative, off-the-dribble shooter that he wanted to be when he was in Orlando. He wanted to be a, a different version of Kawhi. He wanted to be a different version of... LeBron James. And now he's not that. He's obviously not that. That's just not who he is. And that's okay. He's found his own little role. And I think that he's going to win Denver playoff games going forward. And I think that he's been just so solid for these first three games, despite getting into foul trouble pretty consistently. Uh, he has a difficult role. Guarding Carl Anthony Towns, who, who did start to go off this last game, not necessarily against AG that much, but more so just in the flow of things. I really liked what I saw from Aaron Gordon. I thought that he did some really great things. 31 minutes, 14 points, one of two from three, including the first, like the three that he had right at the beginning of the third quarter, second half, and just doing some great stuff. Doing some great stuff and uh, just like, sorry, give me just a second. Uh, <coughs> 
oh, things are going well. Holy hell. Um, yeah, Aaron Gordon's just doing great things. The 5 of 5 from the free throw line, I think, really stands out as well. Like, that's just not something that Nuggets fans are used to. It's not something that they thought that they would be getting from him. And I think it's great. I think it's great to see he's taking a lot more time with his free throw uh, routine. Like, he, he's taking taking a deep breath. Might even getting near to 10-second violations, if we're being honest. But let's not talk about that. Uh, but he is like making an impact when guarding Carl Anthony Towns. He is grabbing uh, rebounds. He is dunking at home. He's doing a lot of great things. And the efficiency with which he's playing at right now, the four of seven from the field, one of two from three, five of five from the line, those are the margins. Those are the margins that you don't really talk about. It, it gives a guy like Murray, like, hey, you went seven of 16, that's fine because Gordon had 14 points on seven shots. Uh, Christian Brown did that in, in the second unit as well. And there's just a lot of that with this team where they, they've they and Bruce Brown. I, I want to give Bruce Brown a, a definite credit, too. We'll talk about him in just a little bit. But everybody is making an impact. Everybody is doing their thing. And it's just exciting to it's just exciting to see. And, and AG, I think, is at the at the captain of that. Obviously, Jokic, Murray, MPJ going to get the lion's share of the credit, and I, th- I think they deserve that. But if AG doesn't step up, if KCP doesn't step up, if everybody doesn't step up around them, then you're, you're going to have weaknesses in your rotation. And, and Denver just doesn't really have that many right now. It's very cool. KCP, as I mentioned, 14 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. He started off the game just gangbusters in the, in that first half. And he, I, I think he began three of three, and I knew it was his night. And, and honestly, it, it didn't turn out to be his night after about uh, after after in the second half. But in the first half, he banked in a three off of movement. <laughs> at that point, I was like, okay, like it, I guess it is just going to be KCP's night after because at that point he was three of three, uh, making shots off the dribble in the two point range as well. Just doing a lot of crazy stuff and doing a lot of good stuff for Denver. But his defense is always going to be impactful, just kind of within the grand scheme of things. It wasn't great in terms of the one-on-one containment. And and I actually think that Jamal really steps up and helps out here. It allows KCP to be a little bit more of a roamer at various points and, and, and help him do a couple other things. But it is nice to just have a solid 29 minutes. And I thought that Probably could have played more, but that, there was an opportunity where I guess we'll get to it with Christian Brown. But there was an opportunity for him to uh, come back into the game at like the ten thirty mark in that fourth quarter. Didn't come in at that point. Came in at around the six minute mark because Christian Brown stayed out there, and and I thought that was a good coaching decision by Michael Malone just to trust the young guy, give him an opportunity to really shine. And uh, Christian Brown really delivered, but KCP really left lifted the Nuggets in the first half. I thought MPJ was great in the second half. I thought the Jokic was great throughout. Uh, Murray was was good throughout, but KCP really lifted them in the first half with his shooting. He had double digits in the first half and was just very very good. First half bench lineup for Denver was different from the second half bench lineup. Both groups were pretty good. Like there there was nothing wrong with with what they decided to do. Jamal Murray, 
Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. Uh, Christian didn't play a ton in that first half stint. They decided to go back to KCP and MPJ pretty soon. And and that's like that's just to be expected in a road playoff game, but obviously that changed in the second half. I think the real key here is just having Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. It's a very defensive, it's a very switchable lineup, and it allows Jamal when he's out there to run the show. Uh, but there were definitely moments in the first half and as well in the third quarter, because this lineup played in the, the end of the third quarter as well uh, with Jokic in foul trouble. There were definitely moments where this lineup, uh, Bruce Brown was the guy to shine. It wasn't Jamal. Jamal took on uh, the pressure from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And, and at one point, uh, Alexander-Walker was face guarding him in the corner, like just not letting him touch the ball, trying to deny every single touch that he could. And what that does is it kind of takes Murray out of it, but it allows everybody else to have four on four with improved spacing. And I thought that Bruce Brown really took advantage of that, thought that Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green really took advantage of that. And that's exactly what you need in those moments from that group. So hopefully that continues into game four and into the second round. But the second half bench lineup that I liked, and I guess this kind of goes away from the non-Nicole Jokic minutes side of things, but Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, and Nicole Jokic. This is a lineup that I kind of expected to play at times. But it's when Murray sits, it's when Aaron Gordon sits, it's when KCP sits, and you have two of your top three scorers and Jokic and Porter, and then you have two elite perimeter defenders and Bruce Brown and Christian Brown, along with a connector in Jeff Green. And I think at times Denver goes a little bit too big, but I'm pretty sure that this lineup was facing both Towns and Gobert at that point. I'm not sure if Kyle Anderson was also out there, but... If he if he was, then you've got Porter on Anderson, you've got Jeff Green on Towns, you've got Jokic on Gobert, and Denver's defense at that moment was pretty good. Like Jokic played the entire twelve minutes, and and Minnesota only scored twenty three points in that fourth quarter, and that's great. Like that's it. That's a great place for you to be, and you can do that when you're surrounding yourself with pretty solid defensive players. The funny thing is, is that Porter's joined that group now. He's he's not a liability on that end. He's actually making plays. He's helping out. He's rotating well. He's on a string. He's doing what he needs to do. And you see the growth there in real time. Uh, there were times at the beginning of that fourth quarter where Bruce had a bad turnover. Christian had a bad turnover. Michael Malone called a timeout. About 10.30 left in that fourth quarter. And the game was in the balance. Nuggets rolling up three at that point. Malone trots back out this same lineup and they go on a 9-2 run with Christian Brown really contributing to a lot of that. So there is a lot to like about the different combinations that the Nuggets have been able to find. Christian Brown's a part of that. His ability to uh, just have the versatility that he needs to on that end is very, very important. And then Bruce Brown, as, as long as he's avoiding the turnovers is really, really good. Um, let's go to, go to him real quick. Did I, I did, I didn't include his turnovers here, but plus 11 for Bruce Brown in 24 minutes. And I think that 24 is the right number. I think that about the 25 minute mark is, is where he should be on most days. Um, also he shouldn't have six points there. He should have 12. My fault. Uh, let's just edit that real quick. 
12 points. Six of eight from the field is a good number. That's that's a impressive number. And, and one of those misses was from three. So he was six of seven from two. And he was just abusing the floater. Just absolutely going at both Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert in those moments. Didn't have any fear at all whatsoever of those guys. And that's a great place to be. Now, had a couple turnovers. There's no doubt about that. But his ability to both pressure on the ball on the defensive end and then take on some responsibilities as a ball handler on offense, that's something that I don't know if the Nuggets really knew that they were getting from him. And he's turned out to be a really capable offensive player. And in these moments where the Nuggets just need a guy who can put pressure on the rim, Bruce Brown's done that. That's a, that's a great thing because it's one thing that I think is probably Denver's biggest weakness heading into the playoffs. It's not like... Okay, perimeter deep, like like actually containing in the pick and roll, I think is is probably their biggest weakness. But second to that, and especially on the offensive end, it's just perimeter pressure. Like, how can you do stuff on the ball if it's just Jokic, if it's just Murray? Like, Jokic isn't a traditional put pressure on the rim kind of guy. He does it in his own way. Murray isn't really that level of attacker either. But Bruce Brown does it as a slasher. He's an athletic slasher who can make that work. And his ability to finish in the paint, that's huge. It is a huge, huge thing. And I think Denver's really benefiting from that right now. And Bruce is just going to continue to prove it. Like he, He's a gamer. He's risen to the occasion in each of those first three. And and I continue to look forward to what he does. Like He's very much a sixth starter for what Denver is trying to do. Jeff Green, 27 minutes. I thought that... He probably could have been better in his actual time, but it's not a big deal. He was still a plus four in his 27 minutes trying to deal with the fouls uh, that Aaron Gordon had racked up. It's just a lot of pressure, right? I don't think that he handled the Carl Anthony Towns assignment that well, but despite that, Denver still was able to be positive in those minutes. They're still able to figure it out. He had two rebounds, two assists, one steal was a plus four in this game and and like it's just not it's not that bad. Like I, I think the Nuggets fans are very spoiled when it comes to how good the rotation has been and, and they've they've looked at Jeff Green and they're like, okay, but you have to be better, but you have to do stuff. Yeah, not everybody has to have a good game. I thought that Jeff had a really good game this last one and in, in game two. He wasn't as good tonight. But he might be great on Sunday. He might be great in game four. And that's just what it what it comes down to. Like, you can't have a perfect rotation. And Jeff just, like, he fits into that. If he dunks home the ball that, that he that he missed, like he missed a dunk uh, on, on the short roll. If he does that, then he's four of eight. If he makes an extra three, then he's five of eight with, and two of four from three. That's good enough. Like, that that's going to be okay. And uh, truth teller, I know that I know that they were doubling Jokic and, and letting Jeff alone. I understand that. But the great thing about Jeff is that he will be a cutter. And like you can't just leave him alone because he does have really good timing on those cuts and, and had a really nice dunk in, in this last game. So he can do stuff. And, and his ability to at least switch and guard Carl Anthony Towns at, at least a little bit has been very, very helpful in this entire series. I'm I'm. Doing okay. Um, you can't just have a 
truth value. You can't just have everybody stand at the, you know, like, you want to give as much spacing as possible. And sometimes having somebody in the dunker spot is just like, it, I, I understand what you're trying to say, but it gives Denver some flexibility to not always have Jeff Green in that cutting role. Like, he he's going to be, like, I don't think that he should play 27 minutes. I think that they should play MPJ at the four more and they should play Christian Brown a little bit more. But like, I just, I just don't want to like make this a clown on Jeff session. Like he was fine. He was fine. It wasn't that bad. And Christian Brown, 14 minutes last night. I think that 15 is probably the right number for him in these playoffs. I think that that's, that's what you're expecting for a role player, a, a, bench wing somebody who can do a little bit of different stuff you don't have to put him under too much pressure but he handled it pretty well this last game uh had both of his three-point attempts in that first half missed the first one made the second one relatively soon after uh nine points he attacked the rim in that second half especially didn't have any rebounds and i wanted to make note of that sometimes he, he doesn't get on like he tries to get on the glass and he tries to hover around the glass and especially on the offensive end to try to save some plays, but he doesn't always get those. And I think it's important to mention that like Christian Brown does have some weaknesses in his game folks. And and he did have a really bad turnover in that fourth quarter. I don't want to like bash him because like he's, he's been overall great and he does his role and he does some good things, but uh, he did have some miscommunications on the defensive end as well. Between him and KCP, they left Mike Conley wide open for three. It's not perfect. And, and I do think that having him as a, as a piece that can add some flexibility is a big deal. But it also, like, I understand why he's the eighth man in the rotation now as opposed to the seventh or the sixth. Like, he's, he is good. He does have some limitations, and he's not a perfect rotation guy. Like, there, there are going to be plays where he struggles and that's fine. That's fine. Like you're not expecting anybody to be perfect. So look, I'm pretty impressed with where Denver's at right now. Obviously when you go up three Oh in a series, you have to be really serious. And, and we'll talk about why and, and what that like kind of what that compares to around the NBA uh, in the next segment. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss Denver's control, poise, and discipline, and why this kind of feels a little bit different. All right, let's get back into this thing. Uh, really appreciate everybody for hopping in. Got a nice bump in chat right now. Uh, very excited for everybody to be hanging out. Uh, tell me in the comments what you're most impressed with uh, during these last three games for the Nuggets. I'll, I'll pull up some comments here. I want to see what people say. Uh, I think I've been most impressed with their level of poise and discipline. And it's not perfect. Like this isn't a this isn't a perfect team. Like they, they have their weaknesses, and I think that like asking Murray to be perfect, asking him to be uh just asking him to be that guy all the time is, is never great. But what what I do think is like just really impressive is that Jokic is always going to be that guy. He's always going to deliver. And there was a brief time in the third quarter of last game in game two 
where he didn't show that. He didn't show a lot of poise, didn't show a lot of discipline. But one thing that really stands out, Denver's won every single quarter they've played except for one. It was that third quarter in game two. They have not lost a quarter except for that third quarter in game two. All other 11 quarters, Denver has either won or tied. And to have that level of consistency is just really, really impressive. It's just not something that I think anybody's really, like nationally, is really giving them uh, too much credit for. So, uh, Yardy says defensive effort. Uh, I agree with that. Like, how, how can you not like their defensive effort right now? The way that they are playing on, on that end of the floor is just night and day in terms of the levels that they can reach. And uh, they were telling us this. They were telling us, hey, when the when the playoffs start, when it's not March or April and, and these, uh, like in, in the regular season, and because their seed was pretty much solidified, they didn't have to do anything crazy. Uh, but they were just, they were telling us this, that they were good enough. And it's really exciting to see them really lock in like this. And, and even if it's not a great team in, in Minnesota, like, Denver's proven that they are they are taking care of business, and that's something different than what they usually do. Jesus says shot selection has improved. I'm I'm with you there as well. Murray and Jokic leading, like having those guys lead an offense and always getting a good shot, it solidifies everything for the rest of the team. And when you have guys like that who can take the harder shots, but also like take them in rhythm create good looks for themselves, Jokic and Murray, it simplifies the game for the rest of the team at times. Like It's not going to be the beautiful game like, like it always is when, when Jokic is playing and when Jokic is, uh, is orchestrating the, the motion-style offense. And Denver still has to continue to blend those concepts. But there are definitely times where when you are not focused uh, in, a, in a regular season environment where the shot selection can be bad. But I do agree, Jesus, that the shot selection has definitely improved, and, and this team looks like they're ready. They look like they are ready for it for sure. Um, Alan Davis says, it's got to be that consistent intensity to win all 11 of 12 quarters. It's crazy. It's it's a crazy aspect of of this run. When uh, Matt Brooks, who does Nuggets Digital right now, and, and he was he's on this trip, and really nice guy, really good guy, make sure to go give him a follow. Uh, just look up Matt Brooks Nuggets, and, and you'll probably find him on Twitter. Uh, he brought that question up in the presser to Michael Malone last night, and I was blown away. Like, it's just such a great number. It's a great number, and it shows how consistent the Nuggets have been. And That's a, a really exciting prospect for, for Denver at this point. Uh, ben Max says, the Nuggets would not have won this game in previous seasons. They've really turned a corner. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I think that that's just a, a difference in their levels now. They, they know what they have to do. They are going to do it. And it's just exciting. It's it's an exciting aspect of this. Uh, they they seem different. They they feel different at this at this level. Uh, ben Ward says most impressed in their ability to turn it on. Glad that they proved us nervous Nelly's wrong after their last third of the season. Absolutely, man. Like their ability to flip a switch is just not something that I think everybody really fully appreciated. Certainly nationally. Like there were a lot of people that were like, hey, I don't know about the Nuggets. I don't know about them. And Minnesota was like, yeah, we want Denver. 
okay, you got them. And, and now they have an opportunity to sweep you in your building. That's a, that's a crazy thing to say. It's, it's not something that Denver would have done before. And then Joe says, I'm impressed with Ryan playing hurt. No load management here, but I'm also impressed with the Nuggets team. This, no, I appreciate you, Joe. Thank you so much. Uh, this came on. I have no idea where, where this happened. Like it's just just this kind of manifested over these last twenty four hours or so. Just just gotta love it when you when you try to invest all of your time and energy into something that your own body kicks you away. Like it's just it's just horrible, but it is what it is. Um, look, Denver's at a great place. They are at a great place. Their control, their poise, their discipline. They are the version of this team that Nuggets fans have always wanted where you just need the effort on a consistent basis. You just need somebody who, or you just need some team that plays with that level of intensity and desire that all Nuggets fans are feeling right now. Nuggets fans can taste it. They want this opportunity. They want to see if they can go to the NBA Finals, maybe even win a championship for the first time in franchise history. And I think this Nuggets team has a great shot of doing that. All they've got to do is just play with the pedal to the metal a couple more uh, series and, and and they've got it. They can they can absolutely do it. There's no reason why they can't. I mean, when Michael Porter plays the way that he's playing, when Jamal Murray plays the way that he's playing, this team is just as talented as any team in the NBA. And I think a lot of people slept on that. A lot of people didn't realize how good that was going to look. And it is just a feeling uh, that that this Nuggets team is a little bit different, and it's an exciting aspect of it. The Nuggets and Sixers, they're the only favorites so far to really take care of business. Uh, the Sixers are 3-0 heading into Game 4. Now, Joel Embiid, is, like he has a right knee sprain, I think is what they said. He'll be out in that game. And if that means that the Sixers lose that one and the Nets take a game, force Joel Embiid to play in a Game 5, that's not good. Like It's, it's not a good inviting aspect of, of this season for... The Sixers, it shouldn't be a good prospect for them. Uh, the Bucks, they lost Giannis in that first game, and, and they did recover in game two, but now they're going on the road to play games three and four in Miami. What happens if Miami wins one of those games? Then they have to go to six? It's going to be a tough series? Like Denver, they're one of the only teams that's actually taking care of things. I mean, even Boston, it looked like they were going to take care of business after the way that they played in their first two games. And then Atlanta, lo and behold, they come back and win game three. So it is hard to do this. I don't think that everybody I don't think that everybody fully appreciates how difficult it is to like dominate a team in the playoffs, even if that team is not very good. And I, I don't think that the T Wolves are they're certainly not as talented as Denver, and they're certainly not as connected as Denver, and that really hurts. Uh that really hurts them for sure. But it's going to be very interesting to see if Denver can finish this off in Game 4 uh, because it doesn't look like anybody else has. Like, nobody else in the NBA is really doing this. So it is an exciting aspect of this. I'm, I'm very curious to see what that experience is like in Game 4. Are the fans and the players going to have the same level of desperation? Like, I think the fans, there's part of them that are, that want to see a win. Like they, they just want to see the team survive. They want to see the team give them anything at all. And there's also part of it where they want this season to be over. Like, and I don't blame them. It's been a season from hell for them. Uh, they had Carl Anthony Towns miss 50 games. Jaden McDaniels broke his hand punching a wall. And I actually passed by the spot where he punched uh, on my way into uh, – 
on my way into the tunnel, and it is it is a hard wall right behind that tarp that he punched, and it is it is a solid surface, like like I don't know concrete, like cement. It's just this. It, it was just like I, I couldn't even imagine doing anything like that, but uh, he he feels awful. I know that for sure. Um, I think in general, this Nuggets team, if they have the ability to really lock in and make sure that this this series doesn't go back to Denver, that they don't have to play a game five, it'll really benefit them. Uh, Think about this from a perspective as a Clippers or Suns fan. If the Clippers can survive in game four, like let's say Kawhi comes back in game four and plays and they win that home game, that guarantees that series is going to six games. And if that happens, then Denver, if, if they take care of business in four, They'll have a couple extra days, a couple extra bits of minutes of playoff minutes that they can rest. And, and yeah, the, the Suns are still going to be re- – like they're not going to be fresh, but they'll be fresh enough to really compete with the Denver team. But I still think that it benefits Denver if they finish their series earlier than everybody else. It just gets them that extra little bit of off time, extra little bit of recovery, every, th- every little bump and nick and bruise that they picked up in this series – Try to wash that away as much as possible. Get yourself physically prepared, mentally prepared for a series with the Suns or the Clippers, but most likely the Suns. And that's going to be a war. I, I think everybody knows that. I think Nuggets fans know that. Like e- Even the most positive Nuggets fans, they know that the Suns could beat them. They know that the Suns have elite perimeter talent with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul. Like Those guys have had success against Denver in the past. And I think that this team is different. I think this Nuggets team is certainly different and they have the ability to win that series. But I'd be lying if I said I couldn't see a scenario where Denver lost that. But getting a getting an advantage here where if you're a Nuggets fan, you, you want to see Denver get as many advantages as possible. One, one advantage that they can get is they finish their series sooner than the Suns finish theirs. And Denver has a little bit of extra rest. Two, they've got home court advantage. Three, they've got the continuity factor where the Suns are still trying to figure things out. Like they're playing together, they're figuring stuff out on the fly, but the Nuggets have played so much more time together than they have. It's it's going to be very interesting. And then four, like we're seeing the depth. We're seeing that depth actually matter. The top four Suns players are probably better than the top four Nuggets players, or at least it's very close. Uh, you've got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton on that side. You've got Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Gordon on Denver's side. Obviously, like there's a little bit of a stability factor there from the Suns' perspective, but I don't know why I'm going into this. Like, I, I think that that I still I see on my on my screen that I'm t- supposed to be talking about Game Four, but I think Nuggets fans are are also looking ahead. I was talking about this with with uh, media folks last night. Denver is going to be like it's 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 going to be very very interesting. Uh, so if they can just get out. Oh gosh. Oh man. You guys are, you guys are hurting my feelings. Didn't the Clippers say, uh, come out with the announcement that Kawhi is out for game four. Crap. Oh, that's disgusting. I really hope, I really hope that the Clippers can at least take one more game because it's a lot different to win a series in six versus winning it in five. I really do feel that way that if that, because it means that the Suns would have to travel back to Los Angeles. It's not like a, a far trip, but it's another plane ride for them. 
and they'd have to they'd have to do that again. So maybe Russell Westbrook can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Uh, maybe he could. Uh, maybe Bones Highland can actually hit a three this time in, in the clutch when it matters. Uh, that would be helpful for them for sure. Uh, but we will see. We'll see what happens. As far as game four goes, I, we we're talking here. This is going to be a very, very interesting experience in Minnesota. I do think that the Nuggets will take game four. I think that they're ready for that. And I think that the T-Wolves are ready to crumble. I think that that's just where we are at with this. And I'm hopeful that that's what happens. Uh, if, you, if you're the Nuggets, if you're a Nuggets fan, you want to see them finish this year for all the reasons that I just outlined when it comes to a future series. But we will see what happens. But for now, I think that is going to do it on this show. I'm, I'm going to be appearing on another show, uh, the Dane Moore podcast. Uh, so make sure to go check out Dane Moore. He does some great work for Minnesota uh, for the for the T-Bulls beat. But for now, uh, Michael, can you hit that outro music for me? Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Got a whole bunch of folks in here on this Saturday afternoon. Thank you so much for riding with me on this one. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going through it, as you know, but I really, really do appreciate all the love. Uh, if you can, leave a like on the show. Leave a like on the channel. Make sure to subscribe. Check out some of the other Nuggets content we've been doing. The AMAs, uh, the radio spots, all of it is fantastic stuff if you're a Nuggets fan. And also go subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you normally get podcasts. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys very soon.